You are listening to a message by Travis Scott from our gatherings at Shorebreak. Visit shorebreakchurch.com to get connected with more content. And if you would like to support the gospel being preached in Kona and to thousands online, your tax-deductible donation enables us to further Jesus' mission. Partner with us by giving at shorebreakchurch.com backslash give. Mahalo. If you brought your Bibles, which I hope you did, turn to or turn your Bibles on to Isaiah chapter 9. And this is what we do as a church. We, if you're visiting for the first time, we really just make our way through the scriptures. We open up the Bibles to see what God has said about himself, what God has said about creation, what God has said about our sin, and what God has also revealed throughout the scriptures, his plan to do a work in redeeming us. And so um, with that said, now that you just sat down, why don't you stand up again for the reading of God's word? Just getting our, our pre-Christmas workout. That ham is going gonna to pack it on, yo. So Isaiah chapter 9, we're looking at verse 6 today specifically. This is the word of the Lord. For unto us a child is born, and to us a son is given, and the government shall be upon his shoulder. And his name shall be called Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, Prince of Peace. Heavenly Father, we come to you this night, this Christmas Eve, as a people collected, not simply just fulfilling our religious duty, but that, God, we would have an encounter with you that you did in fact come 2,000 years ago. Jesus, you are a real person. You manifested yourself in the flesh. And though, yes, you were a baby, you were also God. And so to that, we celebrate. We pray that the realities, that you came to a manger, that even wise men and and shepherds and, and would bow and worship you, God. Today we do the same. We seek to glorify you, to sing songs to you, to worship and to make much of your name. And so God, would you help us to receive Christmas in its purest form this evening. We pray that this evening would be a special time where you do a, a work and everyone in here. So help me to be faithful to your text. Give us ears to hear. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Hey, you can be seated. Aloha and Merry Christmas to you, huh? Merry Christmas. It's so good to be with you guys. We know it's not going to be a white Christmas. It might be a wet Christmas. If you were up Malka today, hopefully you were enjoying some of that rain. But we want to welcome you to Shorebreak's Christmas Eve worship gathering. Whether you're young, including our Keiki joining us today, whether you're old, whether you are a Christian, whether you're not sure what it even means to be a Christian and you're on a journey kind of trying to figure life out, we are thankful. We just want to say we're thankful and humble that you would take your Christmas Eve of all the traditions and all the things that you could be doing tonight, that you would be here with us. And listen, we're thankful for that. We've been praying that God would use this time through the song, through the scripture readings, and through God's word that you would would have a deeper understanding of what God would have for you. But you see, last Sunday, 
we kicked off a Christmas mini-series. And in this mini-series, we've been looking at the generosity of God. And even more specifically, because the generosity of God is actually a pretty broad subject, right? I mean, could you, how long would it take to exhaust talking about how kind and how good God is at giving? So we're actually even getting more specific and more narrow in our focus. And in looking at the generosity of God, we're actually going to be talking about, we've been looking at the gifts that God gives. The gifts that God gives. And so last Sunday, if you weren't here, briefly what we talked about at the the inception of this little mini-series is why and how God gives. How does God give and why should God give to us? And so we, we looked at Matthew chapter 7 and we saw that, that the ultimate gift that God gives to his people is the gift of prayer. That you as a Christian, as a disciple, as those who follow Jesus, Jesus said, hey, you ask, you seek, and you knock. And that as you ask, as you seek, as you knock, that that is really just uh, all avenues of which we should be praying and pleading before God. God has given you as a Christian a great gift, and that is prayer. And listen, as you ask, you will receive. As you seek, you will find as you knock and let God know your needs. Listen, God is going to open the door for you. Ask, seek, and knock. And so Jesus said, the reason you should pray, because a lot of us are like, why should I even pray? Ever been there? Why should I even pray? Why should I even come before God? Well, the appeal in Matthew chapter seven is, if fathers who are evil can give good gifts, how much more will your father in heaven give good gifts to those who ask? In other words, Man is evil and you receive gifts from men. God is altogether holy and he knows how to give better than man. God knows how to give better gifts. So listen, tomorrow morning, kids, tomorrow morning, when you receive presents from your family members and friends, know that even as you in receiving that gift, you have a heavenly father who gives better gifts than anything you can open up under the Christmas tree. And I would even argue what you have underneath the Christmas tree is ultimately from from God. It's from him. No one is good before God, yet the biblical appeal for man to pray before God is because the nature and the character of man is altogether good. So now that we're caught up, now that's important because this series is one message building on top of another and you're invited, just so you know, to come this coming Sunday as we wrap up this series and, and jump into the new year. But I wanted to talk about Bill Gates for just a second, all right? Bill Gates, if you don't know who Bill Gates is, you're probably under 15 years old in here. And so your parents can explain it to you later. Uh, Bill Gates, according to Forbes, is one of the richest men in the world. The last, I don't know what the margin of error is when it comes to the billions. You know, is it like millions? Is that like the margin of error? But the last study on his wealth was that he's worth roughly about 72 billion, with a B, dollars. Doing some research on his wealth, Bill, that's what I call him, just so you know, that's, that's my, we're on a face name, first name basis. <laughs> Bill, if the economy collapsed and he did not earn interest on his $72 billion, which imagine the interest on $72 billion. If he never earned interest, 
Bill Gates would have to spend four to five million dollars every single day till he's 100 years old and he might run out of money. Now just let that settle in and give you a queasy feeling inside. What would you do? How could you spend four to five million dollars every, I mean, just just let your imagination run. What would you run out at a hundred million but, but that's how wealthy he is. Bill Gates is so wealthy that if he dropped a $100 bill based on the money that he makes just by breathing and leaving his money in accounts, it would be a waste of time for Bill to, to bend down, pick up that $100 bill. He would actually lose money. Which, by the way, if Bill Gates found a $100 bill on the ground, he should leave it there for the rest of us. Amen? <laughs> Like, what are you doing picking up the, leave it for someone like me. I'll take that gladly. I gain 100. You lose. Let me, let me just take that from you. But of course, on top of his enormous amounts of wealth, he is arguably one of the most generous men to ever live on this earth. He has given away, to date, $28 billion dollars to cancer research, to medical research, to nonprofits. Can you imagine? He's given away $28 billion, over one-third of his income. He's just said, here you go. Now, of course he can do that, but, but $28 billion is, with a B, that's, that's a lot of money. I mean, the generous, generosity of Bill, of his $28 billion, has exceeded the net worth of hundreds of countries in the world right now like the country's net worth, but his generosity from one person exceeds all of that. Our giving cannot match, even put a dent in his generosity. But while the generosity of Bill cannot even be compared to your generosity and my generosity, the generosity of Bill is nothing in comparison, just so you know, to the generosity of God. Like $28 billion, God's like, that's it? I own the cattle on a thousand hills. When you go through YMA and you are at Parker Ranch and you're up in Paniolo areas and you see all these cows and these horses, God's like, I own all of them. Parker Ranch doesn't own them, they're mine. All of this is hid. So, so $28 billion to God, it's like, yeah, it's, it's, that's, that's cute, Bill. That's, re- that's really cute. No one can match the generosity of God. You need to know that this Christmas. No one can even come close to how much God has given. He is unmatched in his giving. God is unmatched in his generosity. And here's the reason why. We just read it in verse six of Isaiah nine. I want you to see this verse and what it says. We open up with, from the prophet Isaiah, he says, for to us a child is born. So the prophet Isaiah, you guys, he has a vision of God. God's telling Isaiah what to say. And as Isaiah is declaring these truths, he says that there is a promise being given here of of, of something that's going to come in the future. To us, a child will be born. The gift of a child is extremely special, right? Like, can you put a price tag on a child? Children are priceless. Children, you know that there is no dollar 
not even in the billions that puts value to your life. You are priceless. There is no price tag you can put. You can't like go to food land and on your way to food land, like, hey, can you pick up the honey? Can you maybe get some extra eggnog? And oh, by the way, get a child in aisle seven. Like you're not gonna go pick up a child in aisle seven. You're not gonna be able to go online at Amazon and just say, I want one with brown hair, blue eyes, and a calm temperament. Like that's not what God gives you. God doesn't give you uh, those things where you can just go and purchase and buy. A child is a gift from God. You can't just go and do whatever you want and, because children are priceless. And so hear me on this. God is saying, I'm going to be giving a child to you. Can you put a price tag on Christmas? Christmas is priceless in the truest sense when we're talking about Jesus, right? So so think about this. Children, you are a gift from God. Your life is worth so much in the eyes of God. You are a gift from God to your parents, to your family. So if you feel otherwise, you need to be reminded that a child is a blessing. But we're we're told here, we are being told in this verse that not only are we being given a child, for unto us a child is born. But listen, if it was just any child, okay, that's random, Isaiah. Think about this. If you stop there, if that was Isaiah's promise, how many children have been born? Now, that's not to say this promise is no longer valuable. The promise is valuable because there is a child tied to this promise. But if it was left at that, it would be vague, right? Okay, a, a kid's coming. That's, that's great. That's extremely valuable, but God did not just give any child, did he? What do we read in verse six? For to us a child is born, here it is, to us a son is given. The gift that is given from God here is not only extremely valuable, but it is intensely personal. Vague is a child. Personal is a son. Do you know that in this promise, it is costing God to make this promise to you? I'm giving you of my own son here. God is making a promise that he is giving his child. This child will be his own son. But listen, it's not like God has 25 children. It's like, okay, one down, 24 to go, right? God has one and only son. And this only son that God has here, God is offering the son. He is giving up of this son. So yes, billions of children have been born of God, but only one child has been born as God. And so I know when you drive around and you look at Christmas lights this time of year and kids, any of your parents' kids take you to look at Christmas lights, drive you around the block, they take you to show, and you can like see the little baby Jesus there in a manger. That baby is actually not Jesus, but that baby, symbolic of Jesus, ain't just no little baby there. That's God. Like, wrap your mind around that. That baby in a manger, it's God. And it's God's only son. See, Christmas is all about the gift of a son. And what God has given to you, this is promised a couple hundred years before Jesus came. God has given you the gift of Jesus. 
Now, we sing a lot of Christmas songs this time of year, right? Maybe some of you like some Christmas songs more than others. Like, who wrote Grandma Got Ran Over by a Reindeer, for the record? <laughs> Seriously. Like, you couldn't... I was listening to that as a young child, and I was like, this is disturbing. I don't know if I'm going to be able to sleep. This, who would... Ser- okay, but... As much as there are just good, weird Christmas songs out there, there are also good Christmas songs that are theologically solid. One of those being the Christmas hymn, What Child Is This? What child is this who laid to rest on Mary's lap who is sleeping? Whom angels greet with anthem sweet while shepherds watch are keeping? This, this is Christ the King, whom shepherds guard and angels sing. Haste, haste, bring him, Lord, the babe, the son of Mary. I might not be sharing anything new to you this Christmas Eve, but may you see this gift in a new light. God has given Jesus to you. God has given Jesus to you. And there is no greater gift you can receive than the gift of God himself. Now, I'm not just talking to the kids here, because kids, you got good imaginations. Think of the best toy you could ever possibly have. Dad, think of the best toy you could ever have. Right? And how many of those do you need for them to exceed the best gift of Jesus? They're they're nothing in comparison. You realize that there's no greater gift anyone can receive than God himself. See, Christmas is not about the coming of Christ. No, Christmas is about the giving of Christ. All right, so verse 6. Look down with me, or we'll have it hopefully up on the screen for you. For unto us a child is born, unto us a son is given, and the government shall be upon his shoulder. Now this 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 language here, there's there's a debate between what does it mean by shoulder and and most everyone agrees it's the burden that Jesus wears being the Son of God. Whether it be when he preaches when the kingdom of of heaven is at hand, when he's around 30 years old. It could, of course, also mean the burden that he wore as the wrath of God came upon his shoulders. Of course, it could also mean the ushering in of the new kingdom, of the new heaven and the new earth. So God gives his son, I want you to see this though, from his throne and his crown in heaven to be born in a manger. God gives up his rights in heaven with the crown and he is born in a manger that probably smelt really bad. But that's how far God goes in his generosity. This child, Jesus, would grow up, claim to be God. He is God and Jesus loved sinners And as Jesus, this baby, grew and mature, 
He was eventually crucified because he claimed to be God. And as Jesus was crucified, he claimed to be God. Listen, God took your evil. God took your sin. God took your mistakes. God took your punishment. God took your pain. And as he took those things from you, you know what he gave to you? Grace. You deserve all the punishment that Jesus receives, but instead, Jesus takes that from the Father, gives it to himself, and then in exchange, gives you his righteousness and his love? May we as a people grow in the appreciation of the gift of of God, specifically the gift of God himself. See, many people are generous towards those they receive gifts from and those they love, but who is generous towards their enemy? See, we were all enemies of God. We talk about this verse often here as a church, Romans 5, 8, but God showed his love. God demonstrated his own love for us that while we were still sinners, Christ died for us. So hear me out right now. While you were spitting upon Christ on the cross, God is saying, I love you, I care for you, and I'm dying for you. I'm giving up myself even though you don't want me. So not only does God give us Jesus, God gives us Jesus when we don't want Jesus. But then as we receive Jesus, we truly begin to understand the generosity of God. God is unmatched in his generosity. God is so generous, he gives sinners deserving of hell eternal life through this child, through this son, Name Jesus. So children, friends, church ohana, every gift that you open is just a shadow pointing you to the greatest gift who is Jesus. Bethlehem is a reminder of the outrageous generosity of God. So no wonder Isaiah closes, wraps up this thought in verse six, this initial thought right here in the midst of verse six. His name shall be called. All right, here we go. We're getting names. Anyone ever get a nickname? I was given the lovely nickname growing up, Banana Man, because I'm tall and yellow, like lanky and yellow. I'm a, that stays here. Doesn't leave this room at all, right? So we're all given nicknames that usually reflect our nature and our character. But here, Jesus is being given a name through the prophet Isaiah by God. And what are the names of Jesus? These are just Nicknames, these are real attributes of God. His name shall be called Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, and Prince of Peace. Counselor, listen, if you need direction and guidance in your life, don't turn on to Oprah. No, maybe you like Oprah. You can watch your Oprah. You can get your Martha Stewart on. I'm not saying, ladies, you can't do that, but is that your source of counsel? Let me just go to my circle and my friends. We can gossip over here about this and then figure it out. And then I'm going to go over here. No, our wonderful counselor has come and his name is Jesus. So all the counsel that we need for life and the direction your life needs to go is found in Jesus. We have a mighty God. His name is mighty God. You know, it's interesting. Mighty God speaking here of the language of how God is a warrior who protects his people. 
you are protected by a mighty God. Everlasting Father. That Jesus, it's not saying that Jesus here is God the Father. That's not what the scriptures are saying. But that Jesus has the heart of a father who cares for us who are his children. And while maybe your dad has left you, or maybe dad has not been there for you, your dad has not been perfect, in this promise, you are given a father who is everlasting, who is altogether perfect, who will never leave you nor forsake you. And then lastly, he is the prince of peace. Prince of peace. He is the author of it, and he is the source of it of peace. So, we're not going long tonight, especially for the cakey's sake, but this is Christmas. What a gift we have in Jesus. I want you, as you open gifts tonight, and as you go through your traditions, and you do whatever you're going to do tomorrow, as you open gifts tomorrow morning, kids, let all the gifts that you get be a reflection of the greatest gift that has ever been given. And know that you're probably going to get some awesome stuff tomorrow. But for all of us in here, there's no greater thing to receive than the greatest gift man can ever have. And that is God giving his own son to be slaughtered, crucified in your place so that through this Jesus, you would receive eternal, everlasting life. I want to close with reading Ephesians 2, 8 and 9. I want you to meditate on this. For by grace you have been saved through faith. And this is not of your own doing. What is it? It is the gift of God. It's not a result of works so that no one may boast. Salvation comes from God and from God alone. And I want you to know that it's nothing you can work for. It's nothing you can try to muster up to make yourself holy before God. God sees you as evil, but while God sees you as evil, God also sees you as good, as as he would see you forgiven. So God sees you as evil, but as he simultaneously sees you as evil, he pours out his grace upon you to give you new life. Receive the free gift of salvation in Jesus Christ. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, we thank you that it is not a result of works. We cannot work to be saved. We cannot be a good enough kid. We cannot be a good enough mom. We cannot be a good enough dad in any way to earn the free gift of salvation. It is the result of your generosity. And God, would you pour out the gift of salvation this evening to those who are sitting in their seats, who've maybe heard the gospel or they struggle with these realities or they have yet to fully understand the depths of the riches of your generosity and the gifts that you give. God, we declare this evening that there is no greater giver than you. So as we're praying, as our heads are bowed and as our eyes are closed, listen, I know many of you and some of you I don't know. And I don't want to assume everyone is just because we're in church, everyone's got life all together and you are in fact a, a Christian. 
Have you received Jesus as your Lord and Savior? The only way you can is the result of the generosity of God. It's a gift for you and towards you. Receive Jesus. Let the Spirit of God so work on your soul that you believe on his name. And that as you believe on his name, you place your faith and your trust in him. And God will be a wonderful counselor, mighty God, everlasting Father, and the Prince of Peace. Jesus, we thank you for this time in your word. It's for your glory. In your name, amen and amen. We hope that Jesus is doing a work in your life from the message that you just heard. We would love to hear how you were impacted and what was impressed on your heart. Share your story by emailing connect at shorebreakchurch.com. And if you don't know Jesus as God, Lord and Savior, or you have more questions, send us an email to info at shorebreakchurch.com so we can get you dialed in with a free Bible and resources for your new relationship with Jesus.